Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. The theater offensive was originally founded here about 35 years ago when HIV-AIDS was upending America, and it has been on the vanguard of art and theater for the LGBTQ community ever since, and it is leading again. This month, they named Giselle Byrd as their executive director, claiming her as the first black trans woman to lead a regional theater in the United States. They also plan to open their first black box theater space this fall in Boston's Fenway neighborhood. Giselle Byrd is here with us in Studio Two. Welcome. Good morning, Tiziana. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to Boston. How are you finding it here? You know, it was much colder than I expected. (laughs) I'm a Georgia girl, so I was very, you know, coming from New York. So I was like, it's going to be cold. And then when I got here, I said, oh, it's a touch colder. I'm farther up north. Yeah, But I've been loving it. It's been welcoming. It's been very welcoming. There's been such a beautiful outpouring of love that I've received since the announcement went out. And it's, you know overwhelming. I wish like my granny could be here to see it. My mama has been so supportive and it's still, you know, heavy weighs the crown to be deemed a first, but I'm honored to lead the theater offensive. So let's talk about this first and and your mom, actually, because there's a story in all of that that I think is deeply compelling. And we'll go to the date January 9th. Yeah. Right Now, that is the date here uh, where you were announced as the head of the theater offensive this year. Yes. But it's a meaningful date for you. Yes. Tell me more. You know, oh, gosh. <laughs> when I first was hired by the theater offensive and they told me, so we're going to make a public announcement on January night. I said, have you all been stalking me from afar? <laughs> and... They said, no, why? January 9th, 2015 was the day I publicly came out as a trans woman. And it was no easy feat. You know, there was so much fear, you know, working in entertainment. We see a lot of trans artists, but having someone who worked behind the scenes in talent management, that was nowhere to be found. And so for me, it was, there was a lot of fear, but My mama, being the woman that she is, you know, I wrote my family a letter, wrote it to her, my sister, and my granny. And the minute she read it, she called me and said, why didn't you tell us before Christmas? We would have gotten you the clothes that you needed. I'm FedExing you the receipt. Get the things that you need to make you feel like Giselle. And she has been my biggest champion and supporter. So when this announcement came out, you know, nine years later, On the same day, she said, look at, just look at how blessed you are. Look at how the universe is working in your favor and how this is really where you're meant to be. So you've come from a place where you were afraid to tell the world who you really were. Of course. You got blessed and loved and supported in doing that. Yes. And now you are coming to an institution in greater Boston that has a track record for 35 years mm-hmm. of both creating a safe space uh, for artists and kids and young people in the yes. LGBTQ community and also taking to the streets um, with right. theater to challenge people um, exactly. uh, to change their mind, change their understanding, change mm-hmm. our practices, change our attitudes. Yeah. Why do you want to be the person who runs the theater offensive 
today, January 9th, 2024, why do you want to be the one? Because voices such as mine have been so erased and they're continuing to be erased. For me, as a Black trans woman, you know, there are many statistics about how we don't make it to a certain age due to the awful epidemic of violence that's facing us. And a lot of people don't get to see the brilliance and the intellect and the power of queer and trans folks of color, especially trans women of color. And, you know, at this time, I think it's going to take our queer and trans folks of color to be put at the forefront, to be the leaders of change, to invoke it, and to ensure that it happens, to ensure that we reclaim our spaces that have been stripped of us, to reclaim our narratives that are being redefined and in some places completely thrown away. It is up to us to make sure that our ancestors and transcestors' legacy is preserved and protected while we create new legacy. And that is why I feel it is me. It's time for someone of my community to be at the forefront. And it, you know, it was no easy feat, just to be clear. And it took a lot of courage. It took a lot of sacrifice. It took a lot of throwing caution to the wind. But the sooner people realize how brilliant we are and the work that we can do, how we've been at the forefront of culture for <laughs> hundreds of thousands of years, then they'll wake up to realize that while you try to strip us of our rights, we're not going anywhere. And they need that reminder. You know, I, I, just to underscore a part of what you said in the first part, and then we'll come back to the strength of what you said in the second part. I want to hit both. Thank you. I found myself thinking about Renee Graham, uh, who's a, uh, a columnist for the Boston Globe, wrote a piece mm -hmm. at the end of last year, quote, at least 26 trans or gender non-binary people have been killed nationwide and in Puerto Rico this year. According to Every Town for Gun Safety, at least 237 transgender people have been killed since January 2017. 73% of them with guns, 66% were black women. Yeah. And that's the first part. Now yes. we come to the second part, the, the strength that you feel, the power you want to claim, the work that you want to do, Giselle Bird, with the theater offensive. Yes. Talk about that work. You've got a theater coming to, to Boston Fenway neighborhood, a black box theater, yes. a, a, a famous program working with youth, mm -hmm. a 35-year history of positive and creative disruption. Yes. Um, so, so what's the vision? When you close your eyes now and you, you, oh, you stand up to sort of to your full Wonder Woman stance, right? <laughs> and yes. you think about this, what's the vision? The possibilities are endless. This is not going to be just a theater for us. And just for clarity, we're hoping to anticipate to open next year, next year. in the fall. Thank you. Um, and... You know, when I went and took a tour of the space as part of my final interview, and as I walked around, I was with our board chair, Stetson Marshall, and he says, what are you thinking? What's your mind saying? And I said, my mind is buzzing. I said, this is a time capsule for queer and trans folks of color. I said, this is an art space. This is a place where we can hopefully reduce and diminish the, you know, epidemic of HIV AIDS in queer and trans folks of color because we still are at the highest rate. I think that this can be a place where people can get registered to vote. 
I think this is a place where we can showcase the films of our community because everyone doesn't get to go to Sundance or South by Southwest. We still face discrimination. Famous um, film festivals. Yes, we still face discrimination in artistic spaces. And what is beautiful about the space that we're creating is that this can be considered an incubator for our people to create. And it's going to take a lot of work and we need that support because this is us reclaiming a queer and trans owned, formerly queer and trans owned space in the Fenway. And we're taking it back and we're making it blossom into a space where our youth can thrive, our queer and trans elders can come back and reflect on their work and how they've helped get us to this moment. So it's going to be a beautiful gift to the Boston community at large and specifically to the queer and trans community of color globally. What would it have meant to you as a kid to know a Giselle Bird in your world? Oh, it would have meant everything. You know, I. it's funny you say that because I, I think about my niece who is seven, and she knows my journey, and she will ask questions because she's like a reporter at seven. (laughs) Um, But it would have meant everything because it would have given me the hope and the knowledge that there are people like me who are surviving in this world, who are thriving in this world, and who are leaders Because I think so often we hear about the tragedies of queer and trans folks, especially like you just talked about, trans women of color. But we don't ever often hear about their successes and how we celebrate them. And as I was coming of myself, that was just at the very beginning of seeing Laverne Cox and Janet Mock, you know, coming out with Redefining Realness and her huge story with Marie Claire. So it was a slow burn for me to find those people. But I do wish, and I think now, given the number of youth in this country who identify as members of the LGBTQIA plus community, we're going to now find youth seeing themselves reflected in everyday life. And that's what we need, because it can remind them that their life force is vital and that they're needed here. What is your call to action to the larger arts community in greater Boston, um, to show up for uh, uh, for the theater offensive, for uh, the LGBTQ arts community here yes. in greater Boston in this moment. You've made the case, right? You're the new leader. Um, what's the call to action? Hey, show up for us yes. this way. Absolutely. Show up to our events. Come prepared to help donate and help us build the world's largest theater owned and operated by queer and trans of folks of color, to say that you are a part of it is a beautiful thing. And I think there is so much that we will contribute back to Boston. What you give is what you get, right? And I think a lot of people forget that. And so I think, you know, we have Queer Prom coming up on February 18th. That's a fundraiser? Yes, it is one of our first winter fundraisers. It's, you know, the prom of your dreams, the prom you didn't get. At least I didn't get it. Um, And we're also, you know, 
a producing partner with Company One on their production of Intero Bangers, which opens next weekend at the Boston Public Library. And we've got a lot of great Queer Republic artists, which is our new, you know, residency series that are going to be doing some performances in the spring. And in June, it's really busting out all over with our partnership with the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum as we're their first organization in residence. And so... I say, come out, support us, see the work that we're doing. Art has been known to heal, and it is the through line of life for so many people. And you have to embrace it and be open to that. So uh, I'm going to invite another colleague in now, Candace Springer. And as Candace walks in, tell me, where can people find out more about tickets for the public library production in two weekends? Yes, absolutely. Tell me where they can find out more. Yes, absolutely. So they can go to Company One's website, Mm -hmm. and that is where they will be able to secure their tickets. And what's beautiful about the Company One initiative with their 25th season is that it is pay-what-you-want tickets, which brings greater accessibility to all of those folks who want to see the arts. But we know times are hard, and we know it's very difficult to sometimes make ends meet and then to try to find an artistic outlet. And, you know, that's been TTO's motto for such a long time, pay what you can, but at the end of the day, enjoy the work, be embraced in your community. So Giselle Bird, executive director of the Theater Offensive, new executive director, meet Candace Springer from WBUR City Hello. Space. <laughs> so Hello. much fun. So we wanted you to stay because you were telling us about something to do in a couple of weekends. And mm-hmm. Candace is here to talk about things we can do this weekend. This and since you're new to Boston, we thought you might find some of this yes, interesting. Please. So Candace, <laughs> what are you up to this weekend? Tell us some things we can do. Well, I went to see a show last night. So this is like fresh for yes. me. Um, uh, Moulin Rouge is an amazing oh, musical yes. that is here in Boston, just got here uh, January 16th. It's actually a tour, mm-hmm. and it was uh, premiered in Boston back in 2018, so now it's coming back after winning 10 Tony Awards. Let's hear a little of it as you talk. Hang yeah. on, let's fire some sound here. Welcome to the Moulin Rouge. I love this. <laughs> we'll just bring it down and play it in the bag a little bit while you tell us a little more. It is yes. such a great show. It is a really great show inspired by the 2001 Baz Luhrmann movie. It's a story of love um, and it's a little sensual. So this is adults only we're talking here, but it's set in Paris in 1899 follows the story of Christian, who is a writer, American writer. He falls in love with a singer at the Moulin Rouge, Satine, and then drama. Drama. Drama, because she's promised to a duke, and it just sets off a whole series of events. But really, this show is about costumes, choreography, the set design, the lighting. It is a true spectacle and some amazing, amazing music. And haven't we all been promised to a duke at one point or another? (laughs) I mean, I'm still waiting on that. But if you're listening, please let me know where you are. Me too. Me too. Throw my hand ring. Give us one other. You got a film series that you want to tell us about. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater in Brookline has been doing this amazing series all month long called Projections. And it's focused on films that have in Hollywood that have shown us depictions of AI because AI is, AI is all over. It's really in our world right now. And we've mm-hmm. really used movies to sort of like 
figure out what is this going to be like. So they're doing this weekend on Sunday, January 21st, The Matrix Trilogy. They are showing all three films back to back. This is seven hours of cinematic excellence. And we've got the sound. You know we had to do it. Yes. Here it is. The blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Lawrence Fishburne there. Exactly. So really, it's like, you know, is AI bad? In this film, it's Neo. He's discovering that maybe his world isn't the world that he thought it would be. Maybe he's under the control of some you know, internet cyber forces. Dun, dun, dun. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Candace, that's at the Coolidge Corner Theater on January 21st, Sunday. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Candace Springer, WBUR City Space, thank you for that. Giselle Bird, Executive Director of the Theater Offensive. Thank Thanks you. for staying with us to play about the weekend. Oh, of course. Thank you all for having me. Can't wait to see your shows, too. I'm so excited. Thank Very much you. so.